Hi, this is Chris. And this is RJ. And this is The Breakdown, brought to you by Seller Cars. So uh, I think today we're going to be talking about a little transaxle rallycross. Is that right? Yeah, I think we'll be talking about um, three different transaxle rallycross cars. Um, And I think this is where uh, this podcast namesake really uh, comes into its own. I think so. I think this is going to be the the big breakdown that we've had so far. The breakdown. <laughs> the, uh, the breakdown. <laughs> we've been pretty lucky with our cars recently. They've been pretty good. Um, but, you know, things happen. Um, as you've heard, I've been prepping some cars for Northwest Rally Association's Winter Rallycross. Um, so I have Teresa Daniel in her 85 and a half. 944 um it's garnet red it's it's a beautiful nice stock car um but she rally crosses it she runs the summer rally cross season and the winter rally cross season uh so we did some front struts on it uh just because the fronts were completely blown out from the past seasons um the worst i've ever had actually on a front strut they went down and stayed down strong enough to just keep the spring Mm. Like the car would just compress and sit down. Um, I've never seen that failure before on a yeah, strut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so put new struts in there and it was so much better to drive. Really happy now. Then I have Reese's, Reese Hayden's car, um, our favorite, one of our favorite listeners, best friend. Number one fan. Number one fan. Um, Number the, one 944 driver, probably. Yeah, he... Uh, he is the racer to my race team, you know, and his 86 944. Um, so Teresa's running in stock class. Um, Reese is running in modified class in the 86. It's fully stripped, no passenger seat. Um, or currently it has a passenger seat, but I told them to take it out. Um, no, like absolutely a mess. Um, I put in an aftermarket heater core uh, because it didn't have one. Because last year we had lots of problems with it getting foggy. Um, so we're trying to combat that this season. Um, it's really the test bed car for our stage rally car. Um, but Reese is just so competitive that he wants to win all the time. Yeah, he's he's a competitive dude. And you're telling me that that 944 is also like stiff, stiff. Yeah, that car, that car lived its life as a track prep 944. It's got solid motor mounts, big sway bars, like... It is a proper track prep 944 that we threw snow tires on to go rally crossing. Um, so right now he, after after event one, uh, those are both sitting second in their class stock and modified. Um, and then we've got Chris's 924. Yeah. Um, 924S. 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 Sorry, 924S. Yes, I forgot about Yes, of course. 2.5 much shorter. Yep, 2.5. Still not sure if it's an 87 or an 88, but it's one uh, of the two. No, nah, we don't really care, to be honest. Um, it runs no. most of the time. Um, but yeah, I did full front suspension on that. Um, timing belt, water pump. Got mostly as dialed in as I could. Um, we were kind of on a time crunch on that one. I rebuilt all four brake calipers and got it drivable by Thursday night. <laughs> I think two days before rally cross two days before the rally cross. Um, I had test driven it twice um, just to get the brakes to set um, because the first time I drove it, 
Uh, the brakes felt like absolute garbage. Rebled them, um, reset the pads a little bit, and got the brakes a lot better than they were. Um, but yeah, we still had very little test time in the car. Um, and then Chris came, picked it up, and I uh, I was not able to make it to the first rally cross race of the season. So so let me let me take over. Basically, uh, RJ did all this work. It it kind of took a while because I wasn't like really a customer. Like I, you know, I was buying this car from him. He was helping me out, doing a bunch of work on it. But he was also like very much doing it. You're you're very much doing it in your spare time, which you didn't really have any. Um, yeah, I was doing it. I was doing it on the side during work when I wasn't supposed to be. Sorry, sorry, boss man. Sorry, dad. Right. So naturally it, it took a little a little longer so thursday night rally cross race is saturday morning i picked it up um i decided to just come and trailer it because i didn't want to deal with like you know shaking it down over the i-90 bridge going back to redmond and i didn't want to deal with like you know having to shuffle cars around it was just easier for me to rent a u-haul and tow it with the lr3 other thing about that car that um, we realized pretty late on is that the wipers didn't work, which typically is not an issue, but it is an issue when you run winter rally cross in Seattle. <laughs> and uh, for context, uh, if you know anything about 944s, uh, finding a wiper motor for an early 944 is about as easy as finding a needle in a haystack. It's like, it's impossible. You You either go to the website and they're out of stock or they will sell you a rebuilt one for like $400. Uh, and yeah, and you'll see it in a month and a half. Right, right. So RJ like sent me this article on Pelican. Basically what I ended up doing is I ended up buying a wiper motor used on eBay for a 996. And then with a little bit of rewiring, you can essentially just drop that wiper motor in and then have it work just as normal it's actually a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter as well which is nice so race car shit race car shit <laughs> so i picked the car up thursday uh it had a sparko evo whatever the xl one is what the red it's one a, that it's you an had. evo 2 yeah it's an evo 2 i think had that in the passenger seat had the omp wheel uh on a quick release that rj gave me um or that I bought and RJ installed had RJ's nine four four cage in the back, but it was not bolted or welded in, <laughs> and it had no passenger seat. And I'm running stock prepared, so one of the rules is that I need to have a passenger seat. So I brought it back to my shop Thursday night, Friday morning, went over there, uh, installed a OMP WRC, swapped the two seats pulled the cage out, decided that I just wouldn't run the cage first day and basically had it like pretty set up apart from the wiper motor. So, you know, feeling good. I started the car a little bit, checked everything. It's, it's running, it's running good. It sounds really healthy. So go back home. Wiper motor has arrived. Pick it up from the mail. Saturday morning, my plan is to just go to the shop knock out a couple hours of work, put the wiper motor in. Headlights don't work, so I'm going to put some new headlight bulbs in, see if that fixes it, and then just drive over to Rallycross. Gates open at 7. 
tech inspection ends at nine. So that I know that I have to get there sometime between seven and nine. All right. Saturday morning, 4 a.m. Wake up, 4.15, leave for the shop, 4.45, get at the shop. Wiper motor installs beautifully, like no issue. Used part on eBay, works perfectly. Everything in the Pelican article is perfect. The wiring is perfect. I'm putting everything in and I'm like, man, this, like, this is one of the few times where everything is going ahead of schedule working on a car. This just might work. <laughs> it might work. I'm like, I might be racing today. This is amazing. Okay, so I move on to the headlights. Basically, the situation with this car is only the right high beam works. You don't have a right low beam. You don't have a left low beam. You don't have a left high beam. So I'm like, okay, I'll start with the headlights. Replace the left headlight. Doesn't work. Okay. Well, that's kind of a problem because now I have to wait until the sun is up because I'm not going to drive to... You know, I'm not going to drive half an hour with one high beam when it's pouring rain out. Um, but not a big deal. I can work with that. So basically, I get everything ready, get everything loaded up in the car, pull it out of the shop, pull the 996 in, get ready to go. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, wow, this one headlight is really dim <laughs> like i cannot tell if my one right high beam is on or not so i'm like okay turn the headlight off lights go down right because it's pop-up headlights turn the headlights back on the headlights do not come back up <laughs> so i'm like huh that's really weird all right let me try and turn the car off and then turn it back on and see if for some reason that reset something turn the car off car does not crank afterwards <laughs> so at this point it's like 6 45 i was on schedule to get there at 7 15 which is still pretty early so i'm like okay i still have some time uh grab my jump pack jump start it it like won't run unless the jump pack is still on the battery so i basically just pull the car back in and proceed to figure it out First thing I notice is the positive battery terminal is super corroded and all of the wires are like pretty frayed. You know, I'm, I'm playing around with it. Like whenever I jiggle it, it sparks a little bit. So I'm like, okay, probably a positive battery terminal. Home Depot opens at 6 a.m. So they're open. They're really close to my shop. Go to Home Depot. They do not sell positive battery terminals. All right. At this point, it's like 7.10 or so. Okay, well, go to O'Reilly's. Go to the parking lot of O'Reilly's. Turns out they don't open until 7.30. So at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this positive battery terminal at 7.30. I'm going to install it, hopefully by 8. And then I'll get to Dirtfish at about 8.45, giving me 15 minutes left for tech inspection. O'Reilly's doesn't open. O'Reilly's is supposed to open at 7.30. The guy doesn't come around to actually open it until like 7.45, 7.50. So at this point, there are like five people outside. I don't know if you've ever been to an O'Reilly's like at opening, but none of the people that are standing outside of O'Reilly's wanting to get in actually want to be there. <laughs> They're all there for some tragic reason. Um, but yeah, so I get my positive battery terminal, go back, put it in the car. That seems to work. Car fires up. Still playing around with a few things. At this point, it's pretty late. But I'm like, okay. I talked to Reese on the phone. He's like, dude, just come anyway. Like, we'll see if we can get you in. We'll see if 
you know you can watch or something all right i'll head over there drive to dirt fish car drives amazing like have never driven that car before i'm basically about to to race this first rally crate cross race having never driven a 924s or a 944 not really driven a 944 this car is so happy like motor is healthy suspension feels good the brakes feel great Clearly, RJ did an awesome job working on this car because it was so nice. Yay. <laughs> so, so nice for a shitbox. Um, <laughs> Pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> so I end up getting to Dirtfish at like 930. I go down through. By the time I actually make it to the course, it's like 940. But I talk to the people in timing. I talk to some of the officials that are running it. And they're like, oh, like, that's totally fine. We'll get you in. You know, you haven't walked the course, you haven't pre-driven it, but, you know, that's fine. Don't worry about it. They come over to my car, they do a really quick tech inspection, get me all set to go. I'm like, at this point, I've been up for a while and I'm kind of like, I haven't eaten anything. So I'm kind of like all over the place. You know, I find out that I'm number three. So I go to put the three on the car and I'm like... kind of drawing like a three in front of me because i don't remember which way it's supposed to point <laughs> like that's how how like kind of tired and hungry i am I'm like don't remember which way the the lines on the three point but i figured out get it on my car go and put my uh my box of tools in a bush because i'm not allowed to race with anything loose in the car get in the queue line and basically just you know sit there idling for like half an hour 40 minutes or so waiting until it's my turn so i'm right behind like this old ford ranger that's also rally crossing ford ranger takes off they wave me up to the start line i go put the clutch in start to feather the throttle and the car will not rev above 1200 rpm i'm like at this point i'm like kind of embarrassed because like these all of these officials like kind of you know broke their necks to let me race and now my car is broken down like at the start line but they're like oh no it's fine like they move the cones so all of the cars behind me just kind of like divert around me to go to the starting line as if they're like you know a line of ants walking around a branch or something and basically the official comes over to me and he's like yeah uh you have 10 minutes to get your car fixed and then you can still run your first run if you get it fixed within 10 minutes okay cool at this point i'm wearing a helmet it's pouring rain out uh and my toolbox is across the parking lot in some bushes meanwhile i am at home setting up for a six-year-old's birthday party um, getting intermittent texts with no context from Reese and Greg, um, and no response from Chris. I'm like, I'm like, so originally it was a text from Greg. We're all checked in. Chris didn't make it. So I text Chris, Chris, what the heck? What's wrong? What happened to the car? No response. Finally, I get, then I get a picture from Reese. It's just a 924 sitting on the start line with the hood up. And I'm like, Chris, what the heck's going on? Still nothing from Chris. Still nothing. Still nothing. Finally call Chris. And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm sitting in the side. Car won't run without a jump box. But I'm having a good time. <laughs> so before all of that, as like 
I'm clearly not returning RJ's texts and RJ is getting ready for the six-year-old's birthday party. I'm trying to fix my car within the 10 minutes. So I like take off from this broken down 924S. It's pissing rain out and I'm still wearing my helmet and I'm running across the parking lot to get to my box of tools, grab my box of tools in the jump box. And I'm now running back across through the line of cars, helmet still on, like going back to the car so I can try and fix it within that 10 minutes. Uh, as I do that, Reese like gets out of his car and he like waves me down. He's like, Chris, call RJ. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm on the phone with Reese, like trying to figure out what's going on with Chris's car. Because I'm I'm trying to be a, a good crew chief for these cars. I'm like, <laughs> I'm try- I'm like, nothing from Chris. Chris is having problems. Everyone else, Greg's like, yeah, Teresa's doing great. Reese is like, yeah, first run was good. And I'm like, Chris, Chris, come on. What's going on with your car? Let me help you fix it. Yeah. Finally get Chris on the phone, trying to diagnose it. I'm having Chris lay underneath his car, check starter wires, (laughs) jumping wires, alternator, doing all the weird testing that you have to do with a 944. I'm sitting on my bed looking through wiring diagrams. (laughs) Yeah. So we we ended up like diagnosing the car probably from like mm, about 10-ish till like 11.30. We knew it was electrical. So I'd like gone through and replaced the battery terminal again, just in case I kind of missed the wiring the first time. RJ was like walking me through on the phone, like all the grounds to check and all of the like different positive terminals that I should check. Um, we're We're kind of just going through everything. And what it ended up being is the alternator. Now, the alternators on these cars are really weird. I wouldn't say really weird. They have their quirks, just like every other part on a 944. Um, For starters, the exciter wire runs through the um, dash, meaning it runs through the battery light bulb. Um, Doesn't Mm -hmm. really make sense, um, but it does run through through the... battery light bulb Uh, it also runs through a factory alarm if the car has a factory alarm and it runs out to the alternator um the alternators don't charge unless it's above 1500 or 2000 rpm i think somewhere in the three almost is where they really start charging um because yeah yeah and so for those of you that don't don't know essentially like an alternator is like an electromagnet it's it's really more like an inductor right so you have like a coil of wires you have like a group of magnets and the magnets and the coil of wires spinning in close quarters basically creates an electric charge but for that electric charge to actually occur you need to supply like a little bit of voltage to actually like i guess get everything in there moving and get like the charge moving so if that exciter wire wire isn't providing any charge to the alternator, it just isn't going to charge the battery. Yeah. Um, and so when you don't aren't charging the battery, then uh, when you disconnect the jump box, which is the power source, then the car dies uh, because the battery is completely dead because it's been running on battery power probably since you woke up this morning um, yep. or whenever that whole 40 minutes of idling in line was just running the battery dead. Um and then once the battery gets to a low enough point, it just can't create the voltage to increase RPM. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was weird for me because I've never seen a like an alternator fail like that. Like whenever I've had alternator failures, it's just been a complete failure. This seems to be a pretty common one on 944s. Um, I'm not sure why, um, but it's the exact same symptoms as I had on my turbo and very and also on a separate 86 944. Yeah, but once we figured it out, I mean, the car was good to go. Like basically, you know, RJ walked me through starting the car with the jump box on and then revving the car to like 3000 RPM and then keeping it revved while I pulled the jump box off. And once it got to 3000 RPM, it was happy charging again. So I was able to drive it back without any issue. Yeah, I used to have to start my turbo by doing that. I'd as much as it. This is probably what hurt my turbo the most um, and why it has bore scoring now. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I used to start it up, rev it to 3000 just to watch the alternator, the charging level on the gauge jump up to charging, and then I would let it off. One of the highlights of the first race, like honestly, was just being there, like being around all these cool people, like everyone was super friendly with the 924, like you know, recent Greg, of course, came and, and checked in on me, but other people also like came over to see what was going on. And then I got to do a ride along with Reese, which was awesome because he finished second and modified rear wheel drive modified. So he's a very fast driver and just like sitting passenger seat with him throwing this 944 around some cones is pretty incredible. Yeah, Reese, Reese, uh, Reese is on the hunt for a first place this season. Um, he got second in class last year, um, and he's really shooting for first this year. Um, Reese is really competitive, um, so it's really fun having him do all this racing that I get to, I get to help with. Yeah, um, I I never knew that about Reese. I never knew he was so competitive because he's such a nice guy, like at Umbria and stuff. And then we we get in the car, and he's like, "Okay, so no talking, like while I do this." Reese is not as much of a car guy as he is a racing guy reese will race anything he can he does uh, he's sailboat raced he's he bike races all the time he he does the endurance racing he did a motorcycle race in mongolia like reese will race whatever you give him if it's to the mailbox and back he'll race you <laughs> i love that and we're gonna have him on the podcast yes like, maybe after race number two but like we're, we're gonna have him on yes Reese, you're going to be on. You're also one of the Seller Cars podcast biggest fans. So we appreciate you a lot, Reese. Yeah, we really do. Uh, but yeah, that's that's mostly it. We we now have a month until the next race. So I'm like super ready to get the 924 on the rack and just like finish a couple things like, you know, fix the, the alternator issue, get the, the half cage in the back and then just kind of like actually learn how to drive one of those cars because I've never had one before. Yeah, I'm really excited to be at the next event because um, I will be there. Uh, yeah, I just I'm I'm really excited to have three cars out there running my work. And it it did it was really cool to see two of them do well, but it also hurt a lot to see one of them not even <laughs> failed to fail to start. Um, we have a we we have a guards rad garage banner in the windshield of that car so as i was broken down i was like oh man i need to cover up the banner <laughs> yeah i uh it's it's all right you know you win some you lose some 
Um, the other two cars did great. Uh, the other two cars are both sitting currently second in class. Uh, I think Chris is also technically sitting second in class because there is only two cars in his class. Um, but according to the standings, no prepared rear-wheel drive cars ran. So Chris is currently in a tie for first, actually, in his <laughs> <Yeah>. class. Um, <laughs> so Chris didn't even race and is already in, in a tie for first. So uh, that makes me pretty happy. Um, with the three cars, um, I've uh, I've come up with a name for your 924s. Let's hear it. It's Dale. Okay, you're number three, man. Oh yeah, three, three for Dale. Dale. <laughs> three for Dale, dude. Two for Dale. Love I love it, dude. I like. I had so much fun. Like, it's so nice to be doing like new car events that isn't just like sitting in the shop working on stuff. You know. I'm so excited for you to drive that 924 because like just from like driving it, test driving it around the shop the couple times, even with the bad brakes, it's such a fun tossable car, especially on yeah. those snow tires. It just kind of, it rolls a little bit and it's just, I, the first time I drove it, I drove it without a front sway bar um, and it was so nice and divey <laughs> into the corners. I loved it. Honestly, I love when those front ends are set up soft. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, like it feels like a light car it feels like a balanced car and for a car that sat in a field for a long time that motor is really healthy i'm I'm very happy that motor when the first time when i first heard that engine fire up after doing all the timing belt and the and getting a dme relay and doing the reference sensors i was like it started up and it was like happy to run it was noisy and clattery because the lifters were all collapsed but it quieted up nice it ran good the fans all kicked on like it really it really ran really good. I was very happy with it. I can't wait to to run I, it next time. It's gonna be yeah, awesome. I can't wait to see it out there. I can't. I can't wait to go on drives with you in it and just try to keep up. <laughs> yeah, you got to build a dirt car now. That thing's that thing's a little rocket. Okay. Um. Yeah. Speaking of dirt cars, I I have a dirt car coming actually. Oh boy, let's hear it. Um. So you probably heard in our last episode. Uh, about our friend Trevor from uh, Overcrest in his 86 944. Um, well, sad for Trevor. Um, the 86 944 made it home from Overcrest all the way back to uh, Southern California, no problem. Um, but then blew its head gasket while waiting for a car wash. Um, oh my god it's yes so sad. it's so sad why would he why would he even wash that car there's like no paint on it it's so sad he was waiting at the car wash and the head gasket went it started overheating and the head gasket went um yeah he pulled the dipstick and it was just way over full on oil which was actually ended up being coolant and milky um, on white oil <laughs> yeah it was just just unfortunate um so he was really ready to be done with 944s and listed both of his 944s for sale. Um, for so, cheap. For cheap. And Dumb so cheap. so what I told him is in order to keep him in the 944 game, I would fix his red one in trade for his blue one. Now, let me tell you about this blue 87 944. Oh, boy. We'll start from the front. Um, we'll start from the bottom of the front, which is a 300ZX lower valence. Uh, grafted onto a 944 front valence um, with some Baja designs, lights on the front bumper, some meaty uh, KO2s um, on white phone dials. It's originally, I think, an ocean blue metallic car, but it's 
it's rough. The fenders are like riveted on with like sheet metal. It's got no interior. It's it's absolutely rough, but it's a lifted 944 that's just ready for me to get back into good running order and beat the shit out of. Because that's what that car really deserves is to get driven into the ground. I've seen photos of it and like it looks like a lot of fun. It definitely is going to be one of those cars that looks 10 times nicer in photos than it does in real life. Yeah, Trevor's a, photo- a professional photographer um, and he makes it look really good. And I know for a fact, I've never seen it in person either, um, but I know for a fact it does not look that good in uh, person. <laughs> does it? What does it need? Like, what will it need for you to It, it needs run a it? bunch. I actually, it needs a bunch of things. Um he Trevor stole a bunch of parts off of it in order to get his 86 running for Overcrest. Nice. Um, so part of the deal was that it needs to be able to be loaded onto a transport truck. So he told me a list of all the things that it needed to be replaced after he stole them for his other car. Um, so I made a 944 online order and had it all sent directly to his house so he could install it so it would drive <laughs> enough to get onto a transport trailer. Um, I know it needs quite a few other things, um, like some a little bit of suspension work and some interior, like some gauges don't work and sending units and other random miscellaneous stuff. But it'll be a fun ripper. It'll get up here probably early, late this year, early next year. Nice. That's going to be so awesome. So awesome. Yeah. And then I have a Holy Grail car coming too. I- I told Chris I was going to be quiet about this, uh, but I just get too excited about 944s. Um, yeah, so this is the space to get excited. So. <laughs> this is, is this a safe it. space, Chris? This is a safe space. Oh, no judgment you. here. Mostly because Mark's not here. Yeah, so. mostly because Mark's not here. Um, I scored a car that I have been tracking for a while. And let's just, while we're on the Mark phase, we put this in the group chat and RJ was like, holy grail car incoming. And Mark was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> Mark, Mark didn't care. I and I understand. Uh, to most people, this is n- like not a car you'd ever want. Um, but as a nine four four person, it's just got all the right things and just it's got all the wrong things in just the right ways. Um, first off, it is an eighty three, um, which is my personal, which is my personal favorite year. They're the lightest. They're just they're such good cars. What? Why is eighty three the best year? Uh, manual steering, uh, forged rods. Uh, the cam, the same cam that was put into the turbo cars, uh, the manual steering, manual sunroof. Most of them came with LSDs. Um, they're just they're just awesome cars. Um, and early dash, they really are the lightest 944 you could get. Um, this one is Pasadena yellow, Ooh. which is not really yellow. It's definitely tan with a yellow tint. Um, and but it's a ultra rare 944 color. Um, I know of four Pasadena yellow cars, and that's it across the whole country. Wow. Um, it was only available in 944s or paint to sample. Oh wow! I didn't know that. And this one has brown interior with brown leather sport seats. I feel like most Pasadena cars were probably brown interior. Yeah. Yeah, this one's brown interior with brown sport seats, which is legendary. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, early sport seats in brown in a Pasadena yellow car. Just good options. 
And but the kicker is one that I've been really searching for because I think they're I've driven one and I it was the slowest car I've ever driven, but it's an automatic, the three speed automatic Pasadena yellow sports seat dealer optioned BBS is oh, it's like 83. It's it's such a perfect car. I'm so excited to get it up here. Um, and yeah, to most people, most people won't understand it, but I will. I am so excited for it. Also, please don't manual swap that. I'm not going to. I was. I'm not planning on it um, until I. So the problem is, is that man, the automatic that's in it right now is bad. Hmm. I have yeah. a spare automatic. The automatics are not good. They don't last. There's a reason. There's not very many of them around. They didn't sell very many, um, and they really don't last. It's also a three speed. Yeah, it's also a three speed. So they're just the world's slowest car. <laughs> the only thing slower than an automatic 944 is an automatic 924 but yeah the the transmissions are really hard to find i have an automatic transmission laying around um just because in case i ever needed it i have one to throw in this car when i get it here um but if that one ever goes bad this car will probably get an lsd manual swap there you go because it would it would be a pretty cool car like lsd manual swap sports seats yeah pasadena yellow manual steering manual sunroof this is probably going to be my daily driver car um as much as i love daily driving the cayenne i really miss daily driving a 944 um and having to pick up the kid i can't take the 968 daily duties anymore um so uh automatic 944 would be the perfect happy medium for commuting and still having a fun car that's cool be awesome dude it's gonna be so awesome I love it. Um, now we're on to news. I think and for I'm... sale ad. Oh, for yeah, sale ad want... first. yeah. Let's do for a sale ad first. So this is a car that has been posted and reposted and updated a few times. It's down in Olympia, Washington. I would love if somebody listening went to go take a look at it. But it is a 1999 Porsche 911 coupe two door for eighteen thousand dollars, hundred twenty five thousand miles listed as an automatic transmission. But if you look at the photos, it's actually a manual um, black interior. And I'm not sure what the actual color is, but it appears to be like a, a grandpa gold type color, which I love. I think it looks kind of awesome on on this 996. That's a that sounds like a good one. It sounds like an old man car. There's also no description, so it might be a scam. Probably is a scam. That sounds like a scam, Chris. No, it's an eighteen thousand dollar nine nine six. All right. Well, your car sounds way nicer than the one I picked, as per usual. <laughs> um, I only find the best of Facebook Marketplace. Um, if you remember my last one, it was my last two have been a wrecked 944 and a 2.3 automatic Fox body Mustang on 35s. Still for sale. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just keeps going down. It's getting tempting. Um, oh God. This is not I did not pick it again. Um, what I picked this week is a 1984 Maserati by Turbo. Oh God! It is three thousand dollars. It is black with a beautiful, like caramel brown interior. 
the black paint is completely faded. Clear coat's gone. Um, 1984 Maserati engine is good. I took the carburetor I don't off. That. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Engine is good. That it's a contradictory statement to the whole rest of the ad. I took the carburetor off to clean engine. I have all the parts to make this a real nice car. Interior is in real good condition. Need turbo? I have two. Needs other parts? I have. Needs engine cleaned. Thanks for looking. I cannot imagine the amount of time and money you would put into fixing a $3,000 by turbo. Okay, but hear me out. You get rid of everything that makes a Maserati by turbo a by turbo, and you uh, Nissan Leaf swap it. No, because it's also kind of a shitty looking car to begin with. Like it's just a, a two door sedan. And something about the interiors on those Maserati by turbos, they always aged terribly. Like even yeah. this one where he says like the interior is in good condition, it looks pretty bad in the photos. Well, uh, so should we get the news? Yeah, um, I think we, we got a good one for this week. Yeah, as you know, uh, we only do the highest quality of news um, around this podcast. Um, this week is no different. Yeah, so what we are talking about this week is Pininfarina's newest design. And it is not a car. Nope. No. It is not a boat. It is none other than the ZX-5 Zamboni. You know, the thing you use to clean ice at a hockey game. You know, the the famous design house that used to design like the prettiest Ferraris of all time. Yeah, the, as, uh, the Ferrari Enzo, the Testarossa, the Lancia 037. The 400i. Yes, all those. Also oh. Alfa Romeo Spider. Yeah, Pininfarina has done some amazing cars and this, this I think tops them all. It is. It's a beautiful Zamboni. It's absolutely t- gorgeous. According to the specs, it is... You can get it in gasoline and electric. Um, and so the Zamboni, it's actually a like Zamboni branded. So it's not the, the vehicle is not called a Zamboni. This is a real Zamboni. Authentic. Lamborghini of ice cleaners. 27 horsepower, dual propulsion motors. That is freaking that's awesome. a lot of horsepower for a zamboni yeah dude how fast do you think this thing moves like on the street not on ice of course oh it's i mean it's probably regulated to like 10 miles an hour but i bet if you uh you call you know, if you tuned it yeah you call cob tuning they can make a, a delete for it get rid of that speed limiter oh yeah i'm sure cob would would probably get it up to like 40 uh dude i would drive to work in this every day you could say i owned a pin and farina and then just say the brand come, starts with a Z. They think maybe it was Zagato or something. Nope. Zamboni, baby. Yeah. I'm, yeah, me sold. Yeah, me too. It's beautiful. Like everything else Pininfarina does. Mm-hmm. Simple shapes. You know, that's what makes the best designs. In this case, that simple shape is box. <laughs> <laughs> with a slight angle so you can see over the box. Box. <laughs> Okay, I want to know who decided. All right, we need somebody to design our new Zamboni. Who are we going to have do it? 
We've got these three art school grads that we can probably pay $20 to. Or, hear me out, we can have Pininfarina design it. Dude, could you imagine rolling up to Lake Washington Cars and Coffee and a the Zamboni? Pininfarina Zamboni. Dude, that's clout, okay? <laughs> you can't change my mind. Ooh, do you think it has a little Pininfarina badge on the side like all of their cars do? It's, it's gotta. There's no way they could do it without putting their badge on it. Yes, um, so that's it for the news. We had, There's a bunch of things at SEMA that we don't care about. Um, no, I mean, nothing as good as the Zamboni for this week, so yeah, there's Zamb- not really any point in doing anything else. Yeah, the Zamboni's legendary um, and right on brand. Um, yeah, I think, uh, Chris, do you have anything else? No, I think that's going to do it for this week. All righty, thank you for listening. Um, if you have any questions or want to ask us some questions, you know how to find us. Uh, Guards Rad Garage on Instagram and Chris M. Seeley on Instagram. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.